Welcome to Create Beauty Every Day, a podcast brought to you by HookingRugs.com. I'm Deanne Fitzpatrick. Once you listen to the podcast, be sure to go over to HookingRugs.com and learn about the inspiration sessions and how you can grow and develop your creativity and intuition about color, design, and rug cooking with me, Deanne Fitzpatrick. Now on with the show. Do you ever feel shallow, Jean, for loving your home so much? For like home love? Do you ever feel like, oh my gosh? Am I no, shallow? I, I, I love our home and I've loved every home we've ever lived in. Yeah. I mean, when we had nothing. Um, I mean, from the very beginning when Kelly and I were married, from even before that, when I had my own spaces, I love making home. And I've always had a heart and eyes to appreciate every single place we've been. And I think if the best thing we could do for our homes is have our homes reflect like really who we are, how we like to live and, and that it, it represents the people that live there, you know? And so I think too many homes represent like other things, like what they think they're supposed to use spaces for, or what's trending or a million other things. And so I just love when a home reflects the people that live there and they use that home well, and they, and they use it up. I love that. Nothing shallow about that. Yeah. No, it's, it's just, yeah, not at all. No, I agree. I love my house and I have like in the winter, our house is very, it's a 200 year old farmhouse Mm. in the winter. We rely on a wood stove a lot. I mean, we have other forms of heat. I was thinking about that the other day. Like I don't have to rely on this, but I just, but you love it. I feel like the need to, to use that. And it's like messy and dirty and there's wood crumbs everywhere and it gets in the carpet and I don't care. It's like, it's a fire. And I think about, I think that's interesting. And I wonder what other people would say about that because I feel the same way. And anytime we've had a fireplace in a home, Kelly has always like, eh, I would, he would rather have a gas fireplace. Yes. And I, and so our only wood burning is out in my studio. So yours is in your home. It makes me so happy. So I wonder what that is because it is messy. Um, but the benefits, the smell, the crackle, the ambiance, I don't know. I'm with you. I love it. And we cook in ours, eh? So we never barbecue in the summer. We only barbecue in the winter. And so we burn down when we're going to cook, we usually use maple and we burn it down so that we have the coals. Right. And then we'll open the door and we have this old cookie sheet that's, you know, burnt to a crisp and we'll spatchcock a chicken and put it on there. My husband will put four potatoes in, shut the door and we'll cook in there. It's so fun. It's that's awesome. We are not cooking. In mine, I do not have those skills. You, well, it's easy. Like you can just, you make date bars and no, no, no. (laughs) my date squares require another, but (laughs) I haven't tried those, but like it, it's part. And I think about, uh, I think about Anna Lovin, uh, when you interviewed her Mm. along who wrote the creative doer, wasn't that was a beautiful, beautiful conversation. That was a beautiful conversation. It was. Mm -hmm. And I encourage everybody to go listen to that on Jean's podcast. But she talked about um, the fire 
and how like if like she lives in a northern place too and she said that if you if you let the fire go out in terms of creativity and then you have to restart it when you have to restart the fire it's such a hassle but you just keep that fire burning all the time and just add another log as a metaphor for creativity yeah that and so sometimes when I'm when I'm putting the log on the fire at the end of the evening or just trying to, you know, say, savor those few uh, coals, I think about that conversation that you had with her. And, and there's something about, um, there's something about a hearth, like mm-hmm. hearth and home, right? I mm-hmm. mean, there's something about a hearth that, oh, just helps us establish a sense of place, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, when I first began following you, uh, you had done a home tour or something. And I was so enamored with your style of decorating. Like you have a a lovely, uh, really beautiful classic kind of style, but yet it's very rugged, Hmm. a real rugged sensibility in your house, even though everything, the lines are great, you know, um, yeah. What, where does that come from with you? What, what is, where does your sense of style, where's it coming from? I think it came first and foremost. I mean, I made it, it's my, my own eye of what I think is beautiful and pulling things together, but I grew up with a very, very creative family. My grandmother was a composer and a pianist and a playwright. And my aunt Melinda was Um, a dancer on Broadway. And my aunt Beverly was a violinist and a pianist. And I would go to my grandma's. She lived in Montgomery, Alabama, and we lived in Illinois and we would go there for every Christmas and sometimes in the summer. And her, she lived um, in spaces that were really inspiring. And so the last home that my grandmother had, um, it was an old ballet studio. And so they this old, old, long ballet studio. And there had been a fireplace on one side. Um, and then you had the, the uh, mirrors along, uh, everywhere else. And then the wooden bars. And she kept the mirrors and the bars and that fireplace. And then what she would do is she would just, and she collected art. Um, and so all the space, they would have these, um, they, so she would have her, um, like the, the trim work above the mirrors and that's where they would hang, uh, paintings. And so you would have paintings all the way down, big paintings, little paintings, almost all the way to the floor. And this big, big space was, uh, the sitting room, the living room and the dining room, like this old ballet studio. And I feel like It just showed me from a young age to think outside the box, Mm -hmm. um, to have spaces with character and life in them, to have a space that represents what you love. And her Steinway was in the, you know, in that space. And she always had music playing and off that space, uh, one of the little rooms she had turned into a library and there was always space to sit and to gather and to, to connect with people. And she always had her needlepoint, um, big basket full of her needlepoint next to, you know, places. And she was just the person that would gather all of us and, and, and just, uh, around a table with mismatched china and crystal, like beautiful things, but it wasn't about 
there was no part about being at my grandma Jean's house that was about perfection. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Griffin children were known for breaking many things over the year from uh, grandma's beautiful, beautiful house. But um, I never was afraid to be in her home. I, we were never afraid to feel comfortable. And, and so that, that from a young age, what does it feel like to be in someone's space and feel uh, comfortable and being surrounded by beauty and to be welcomed to have beauty without the other ones, it doesn't make a place very beautiful. Mm-hmm. No, to ha- right. And yeah. so, like, so she showed me how to make things beautiful, but um, welcoming and and comfortable and in, inviting, and and we knew we were wanted while we were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that that really taught me so much. And and then I and then I you know and I think about whose home do I love to be in now? Yes. And I think I mean I love to be in my friend Alexis's home. And because the same thing, it's beautiful, but it's welcoming and it's comfortable. And so everything comes back to me is like, how do I feel in that space? Mm-hmm. How do I want other people to feel in our space? Yeah. Are you good with overnight guests? I am. You are. You're great with it, aren't you? I'm okay. Yeah. Oh. Um, but I would only open up that. Um, I am a private person. So I, I really would only open that up usually to people that I'm very close with yeah. um, because that um, that is intimate and loving mm-hmm. and it's a different um, thing. But definitely um, I love having people in our home and to stay in our, in our space together. Yeah. I'm good at feeding people. I'm good at having people over, but probably very few people overnight, you know, like family, maybe a couple of friends. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it'd be a small handful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to do that, but I look at my sister and she's like really good at that. And I, I feel like, um, it's such a gift to be good at that because I think that is really sharing, you know, mm-hmm. when you share your space with somebody, I think that's a real, that is, and, and they stay for a few nights. That's a, that's a real sharing, you know, but so is food to feed yeah, people food. good food. Cause that's one of the things that, you know, I thought about the people who <laughs> feed me well, I mean, it's definitely, it's Alexis, it's Kim, it's Lisa. Yeah. I mean, when I can think of the people that I'm like, I cannot wait for this meal. Cause it doesn't matter what they make. It, it'll be beautiful. It'll be yummy. Um, there'll be good conversation and it's the sweetest gift to feed people. It is a sweet gift to feed people. Yeah, it is. I, I, do you, if you're having people over, do you go for the reliable, like the thing that, you know, that's always going to turn out always, do you always, always, right? always, because I know me, and I know the me when I was young and first married or young mom and, and you don't, maybe you don't have a lot to pull from, right? You don't have a lot of uh, a tried and true, true recipes. And those are the times where I was so focused on that and things going badly, or I was so busy following a recipe that I'm not engaged. I'm not present. And so if I have somebody over, I just want to make something I've made a million times before. And it's not about impressing them. It's just, it's about them being there. And, and I know that I'm going to be the best 
hostess, if I'm listening to them, talking with them, and especially if I've done something so many times, people hate not having something to do. So then you can give somebody else something to do too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Here's a knife. Here's a lemon. Yeah. Get at it. Yeah. yeah it's good. Yeah. And it makes people comfortable. Um, I, I, um, love my house. I've, it's the only house I've ever lived in really since I was a child. Like my, I lived in our house that I grew up in. I had a couple of apartments at university. I lived when my family had a trailer behind my sister's house. I lived there. And then I moved to this house in 1990 and it's really, and we've slowly come not renovated it. It's four rooms over four and it's still four rooms over four. There was a piece on the back, a summer kitchen that was falling off and we restored that. And, um, I put, I always say I put slat wall off. I tell you how I found slat wall. I went to an auction on, um, in, in Mount Pleasant, which is this really rural area in Cumberland County. And the auction was over, but there was slat, like wooden, the walls were made out of wooden spruce boards. And I said, oh, that's how I want to live, you know? And I, I still have it. And when I look at my house now, I don't really change things a lot. Like I might change the furniture, but I don't change walls and I don't change my kitchen or you know what I mean it's really I might change my pillows or you know but they're small changes mm -hmm. and I live we really live in that space and it and when I buy things they get roughed up and broken mm -hmm. and worn and used and mm -hmm. and I you know I'm not someone like they laugh here at the studio because when you come in one day everything has changed like the furniture could be everything that's constantly changing but home hardly anything ever changes. What's your house like that way? No, I mean, we have things that we're slowly making ours. I mean, we've been in this home for six years, so we're slowly um, changing things. Um, but once I get a space the way I like it, I don't touch it. No, I'm not. That's just not. And I've never been like that. I've never, cause I have friends who are constantly rearranging and hanging different paintings, places and rearranging their furniture. And, and I really get to, I get it to a place that I love it and I just leave it alone. Yeah, me too. I live with it. And the one thing I've learned in doing that in making a home is that when something's working right in one room and you're trying to make something right in another room, don't take from the one that's working right. Because I just find like, I, I don't mean that you can't move things around, but I mean that if I take, if I take something from the room that's really working right, then that won't. Then be you right. have two rooms not working. <laughs> working right, like I just, yeah, I, I, and it's funny. We have this one. We have this one room that has two big couches in it. It's a really small room, and that happened because my husband's friend was over one night, and he's like a, just a kind of, uh, you know, big kind of guy who's gonna. Just do what he likes and he brought the couch he wanted to watch a game or something so he brought the couch from the other room into another room right and i don't even know what i'm hearing right now what you are telling me if kelly were here right now he would be like what <laughs> i know because <laughs> kelly what kelly would say is i can't even do that <laughs> what's going on like i just couldn't believe it right and uh, you know what like when it happened, having the two couches in that room, 
was like perfect. So I got it like, and he, you know, he's like the local electrician, right? So he just moved around my furniture. And ever since then, I did buy a couple of couches that, that worked, but ever since then, uh, we've had the, we've had the room just like the way he left it that night, but with new couches. Looks That's great. funny. Isn't that funny? That is. Yeah. You just kind of don't like, I think, uh, I think what he was saying was that this room would be a lot happier if more people could watch TV together and lay down. And you're like, and you're right. But see, this goes back to, are you using your home and creating spaces that actually work for you? Not because somebody else says this is how the design should be. And I mean, our family room is tiny. Our family room is so little. And, and if we just had one couch, it's not enough room for everybody. And so we put two couches in that room, um, that face each other. And, you know, we, I have three piano players and I'm a lover of books. And so we have a library that's also a piano room. And it's also where I read in the morning. Um, we use every single room in our home mm-hmm. yes. and it, and if it doesn't work for us, then, then that's what needs to change yeah. how, you know, because there is no right way to make a home. No, there is not. I think it's really, I think if you're a maker, it's really important to have a making space. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think if that, it's, if it's possible, it can be a closet. It can really, it can, it can be a table. It can be a chair with a big basket beside it. Yeah. But I think it's important to, that you claim a little space for yourself. If you're a maker, I always encourage yeah. people to do that. Yeah. Cause there've been times in my life where it was a cabinet in the kitchen and yeah. I would pull things out when the kids went to bed. It was later a space in our unfinished basement. It was at another time. It was our, my, our dining room because Kelly said, we use this dining room four times a year. This is ridiculous. Let's use it. We have a beautiful, beautiful room, but you could be using it every single day. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, let's move your, your stuff into this space. And and like I, even a closet, you have like a closet that you can put a desk in or I just any space is yeah. so, it says so much. It says something to you. And then it says something to the other people that you live around too, that what's important to you. Mm-hmm. It does. It really does. I remember when I first started um, calling, like calling myself an artist. I remember when it began and that we renovated the summer kitchen and I would refer to that as the studio. And for years, it felt like I was being pretentious. Like it really, Mm. even though I was making art and I was selling art and I was working every day, I just felt pretentious. Every time I said that, it must've been like two or three years until it became the studio, you know? Right. And and I understood that. And, and it was like, like it was embarrassing, you know, to almost say it the first few times I said. But didn't you feel that way? I mean, I did um, before when I started calling myself an artist. Yes, I did. It took um, a while until I said it with ease and confidence. And then it was even longer after that, <laughs> right? That yeah. they're like, oh, that's truth. Yeah. Like that's, that's all true. And I, I think it's okay to start saying it before. I, I just, Absolutely. Before you really feel it. And I always encourage when I'm teaching people, I always encourage them to just try it on. Say, I am an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, what does it feel like? Why does it feel that way? I think that, um, I think that it's just like I was saying it, I was saying it and not being sure of it. And that's okay. 
But don't you think it's sometimes too, because we have these, all these associations with words and we're never really honest with ourselves. Where does that come from? So everything from entertaining or gathering or parenting or making or art artist, like all those words, if we really sit like, Hey, like, what do I actually think that means? Is that true? Mm-hmm. And does that have to be true for me? Because gathering mm-hmm. in your home can be ordered out pizza yeah. and bag bag salad, <laughs> right? I mean, it absolutely can be. Yeah. Yes, that's gathering. Yeah. And if you think that gathering can't be that, what are you missing out on? Mm-hmm. And if artist means something that you feel is never attainable. Um, if you have these ideas of what an artist is, it's why sometimes it's hard to say it Yeah, until you actually like know it and live it and connect with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it takes a while to know what an artist is for like for you, because every artist is different, right? Right. I say it's just people who make stuff, but every artist is, uh, you know, every artist is their own thing. And Mm -hmm. when you start saying it, it'll become true for you because of what you do. Mm-hmm. I remember visiting this artist, John Neville, and um, I, I, was, I was early on in my career and I was wanting to make a trade with him and he was good with that. We were gonna, tr- we were gonna make a swap. And I was kind of, I had expectations of who he was or what he looked like. And he lived in this sort of small old house above uh, Halls Harbor in Nova Scotia. So it was overlooking all this lobster boats and stuff. And, um, I was waiting, I was with his wife and I was waiting for him to come in. And this man came in and I just didn't know that that's who that was. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it was just very different than what I'd always imagined an artist to be. Isn't that mm-hmm. something that even, you know, I was probably in my late twenties by the, around that time. And, and I remember thinking and he's, he's a good artist and he's still, he's still making art. And I remember thinking at the time that, you know, I still had notions about what an artist is, but there is no, uh, there is no recipe for an artist. I mean, that is, is in itself what being an artist is, is that there is, you know, you're not following a, a pattern. And he was just, you know, he looked like, the local the local electrician who brought my mm-hmm. couch in from one room into the other like you know he we are not uh uh our preconceived notions of people be yeah. following these preconceived notions of people yeah. and so those notions are sometimes what gets in the way of us being able to say uh, claim the artist in ourselves i think mm-hmm. i agree yeah um i started off with uh, we talked about shallowness and um, home and, you know, because I think it does get a bad rap. I think sometimes people thinking and caring about their home gets kind of this rap of, you know, how important is that really? But I'm, I'm like you, I, I create a space around me that uh, feeds, that feeds my creativity, right? Yeah. And uh, so I don't think it's a shallow thing. I think it's an important thing. I think that it can become uh, 
something else if you if you let it you know so I just wanted to read you this thing that I keep close to me and I don't know if you know about sister Stanislaw Kennedy she's a nun from Ireland who's a poverty activist and I just love this and and so I'm just quoting her from from a little book that I read all the time but she says staying close to affluence wants increase vessels enlarge rarely full never overflowing staying close to the source of life needs diminish vessels reduce always full overflowing with joy mm, beautiful thank you for sharing that you're welcome yeah i love i love that poem because i and sometimes when i want more i want a better house or a more in you know i, I just go to that poem and just kind of remind myself you know that that um enough is an abundance Mm -hmm. and that whatever weaknesses my home might have being an old old house that it is still uh you know a full a full vessel yeah no beautiful yeah yeah so that's stanislaw kennedy those are not my words but i love them. Anyway, thank you so much thank you thank you for this whole series of talks it's been um, so fun to sit with you. I cherish you and how your mind works and just our conversations. And, and thank you for um, sitting together and that we get to share this talk with others. Yeah, I'm, I feel like I really received something today. Thank you. And I wish oh. you too. God bless you. Me too. Thanks for listening to today's show. Be sure to go over to hookingrugs.com and find out more about the inspiration sessions and learning with me about creativity, intuition, color, and design for rug hooking. Until next time, create beauty every day.